Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harrison. Listen to you NPRing the open of this show. <laughs> you know, they'll, they're never going to have us. No, they, they got to have us. Listen to that intro. This show belongs on a Sunday morning at like 9 a.m., squeezed yeah. in between like hard eco- economic talk and... Yeah, uh, Prairie Home Companion. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's Think about how the, the lead-in numbers that Prairie Home Companion could get off of uh, having this show. Imagine you know? how confused our country's aging <laughs> people will be ending that show and beginning this one. Oh, that is an ugly stereotype that is based on data. <laughs> <laughs> truly uh, is. I saw a, uh, a review on our iTunes that sort of scolded us for being embarrassed uh, about being Star Trek fans. And I kind of wanted to talk to you about it because I, I think that uh, we were sort of both surprised to discover that we could talk about Star Trek. Like, we've hung out a million times and it's never come up once. And then we were joking around on Twitter one time and it just, it just like, went really deep, really fast. <laughs> and I think that that's because... That's one like, way to put it. I don't lead with... Star Trek knowledge in typical social conversations. Do you? Yeah, it it was sort of like the the challenge coin equivalent of of nerd conversation. Like, yeah, like uh, it's not something it's not something that I betray in normal conversation when I'm a man about town. Right. We were the dudes who knew each other but didn't know each other's sexual orientation bumping into each other in a gay bar in the 70s. Right. Kind of, that was that was sort of the situation. Right, exactly. Not to, like, diminish the struggle of the gay rights movement or anything. Like, uh, we've come a long way, and, and that's Look, a great thing. This but, is this is a show that will diminish all types of people. Uh, we're pretty equal opportunity in terms of, <laughs> of who we diminish on any yeah. given episode. I think we're we're terrible people. And we, I think ap- and we apologize. The joke tends to be on us at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, speaking of of speaking to that shame, uh, yeah, I mean, I think initially it was easy to feel embarrassed by uh, the idea that we were going to dedicate our lives to this show. <laughs> I mean, that is laughable, right? Right. Well, but like, I also sort of, uh, I feel like the people that just like wear it on their sleeves and and are very public with what they're big fans of uh are a, a lot stronger internally than I am in a lot of ways you know like I don't wear any sports stuff outside because I wouldn't want to get in a conversation with somebody about a team that they disagree with or whatever I don't tend to telegraph my uh political leanings unless you know I feel like there's a certain uh, comedic upside in it for me. Like you, you cover up your full sleeve gang affiliated tattoos whenever you right. go out. Yeah, and 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 you just don't want that like, kind of trouble. Enthusiasts don't have that fear, so uh, 
please don't think that in us being embarrassed to be doing this show, that should reflect on anybody that is listening, you know? You do you, we'll do us. Yeah. Yeah, and don't let that be a reason to uh, to ding us the stars on iTunes, you fucking yeah. jerks. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a four-star review. It's like, why even bother? Yeah, uh, but uh, but we're t- here we are talking about it to open the show, so message received. <laughs> he got what he wanted. Yeah. Let's just cut all this out. Uh, we've got a we've got a real whiz banger of a show today. A, uh, a real humdinger. Yeah, I mean, uh, what we've got coming up is uh, season one, episode twenty one, symbiosis, an, an episode that was written by Nancy Reagan herself. <laughs> I had so many references to Nancy Reagan written in my notes. <laughs> you beat me to it. I, yeah, I just that was a race to the Nancy Reagan joke, and now you yeah. can just strike through all of them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the only thing that, that I'll add is that it's a little surprising she didn't have a walk-on cameo. You know, Nancy Reagan did look pretty alienish at this point. Oh, yeah. In the 80s. Yeah, I mean, Nancy Reagan looked like DeForest Kelly with all that makeup in, in the first episode. <laughs> so yeah. They wouldn't have had to do much to age her. But we haven't gotten to the part where there, it is revealed that this is a, a an after-school special about drugs uh, and and that is a real reveal in this episode. I mean, it is. Yeah, it begins real innocently. You think you're going to get a cool Star Trek episode, and then you get a fucking lecture. <laughs> so the Enterprise is uh, taking a look at some kind of crazy star. Uh, they uh, they have to like put a black dot over the star on the on the main view screen because it's so bright. But it's like uh, you know it's very active. There's lots of coronal ejections and sunspots and stuff like that and it's uh have you noticed that uh that they do that thing i'm starting to notice a, notice a pattern when they put things on the viewer have you, <laughs> have you noticed this so they'll put something on the viewer and it'll be super small and invariably someone asks to uh to magnify it i'm wondering why when they put something on the viewer it doesn't just doesn't already begin as as magnified what's up yeah with that? there's definitely like times when they're like uh there's a ship approaching and Captain Picard is like, are we in visual range yet? And they're like, whoa, we can try. And they put something on that's really small, and they're like, magnify that. And it just pops to full screen. It's sort of like the uh, the movie thing where you can just enhance anything in a computer scene. Like, enhance. Yeah. Enhance grid G12. Yeah. There's some good. There's some great episodes of this show that, that do that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. we haven't gotten to them yet. Um, so as they are getting closer and closer to the sun they're really testing the shields of the ship you know like systems are shutting down there's a lot of there's a lot of techno babble about what's going on with the ship and you know like wesley's computer system you know starts shorting out and and arcs of electricity are rippling around it and and Deanna troy tells the captain that uh people are starting to get real on edge all over the ship and uh and he gets on the gets on the radio to reassure them, and uh, they get closer and closer. And then suddenly, uh, every everybody's attention is diverted because they're picking up a distress signal uh, on a nearby planet or in orbit of a nearby planet. And this distress signal is coming from a freighter called what's it called? Oh man, I didn't write it down. Sanction. Really? Yeah, it's called Sanction. Why is it called Sanction? That's a terrible name. That's worse than Drake. 
Uh, but anyways, Sanction is uh, is in, in trouble and is in a decaying orbit around uh, the fourth... Pl- I think it is, I can't remember if this is the third or the fourth planet, but there's there are... They're in real serious uh, shit and no one seems to care. Yeah. On their they're, ship, I mean. Yeah, and, and it's like... It, this is a very weird moment because they're kind of like... The view screen is blurry when they get on FaceTime with the captain of this ship, who's kind of a young man... Uh, it's hard to see him. It's hard to understand what they're saying. And uh, he's very casual and very, like, dis- disconnected from what's going on. And and it's, uh, again, a really different type of acting than we're used to seeing on the show. Like, this guy is doing, like, a great, like, realistic performance mm-hmm. of, like a, like, a stoner who doesn't <laughs> give a shit about anything. Like... Like a like he's really nailing it in a way where it's like this is the most natural acting performance we have yet seen on this show, and it's episode twenty two or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you'd think the the name of the ship is like USS Spin Doctors or something. It's real. <laughs> they're really chilling with the most over there. Yeah, yeah. The USS Hate Ashbury. <laughs> uh, but um, the. The enterprise, uh, I think Data like scans the ship and he's like, oh, like they just need this co- type of coil. We have one in our cargo hold. We can just send it to them. And Captain Picard's like, that sound good to you guys? And they're like, do you guys know how to install it? <laughs> Picard, is, Picard turns to Riker and is like, who is this asshole? And how is he in command of a ship if he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing? <laughs> yeah, he's and, kind uh, of like besmirching the good name of a starship captain. Captain, how long have you been in command of this freighter? Seven years. It's my 26th voyage to Brecker. And you don't know how to align a control coil? It's never come up. Can anyone else over there do it? Well, hold on, I'll ask. It becomes clear that nobody on the ship has really got their act together enough to um, do anything with the help that the Enterprise can provide and all that can be done is beaming everybody off the ship before the orbit decays so much that the ship explodes. So the ship is spiraling towards the, the planet. It's starting to get cooked. And so uh, Tasha runs to the transporter room to see if she can't beam them back. So uh, I guess we're supposed to understand that Tasha is like the awesomest at the transporter at this point. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, every time there's been an instance where they absolutely positively needed someone beamed back, yeah. which should be every time, but but is only occasionally uh, in the context of this program, right. uh, she, she runs over to the transporter room and gets it done. Yeah, uh, this, when, it, when, when it's a tight spot. This time being no different. She, uh, she calls over to the other ship from the transporter room, and she's like, look, we got to link together our transporters, so... Uh, so we can use their combined power to make this work because the star that they were studying moments before is is casting off all of this uh, interference. So, <laughs> right, right, and the guy gets back gets back to her and he's like, "You can do that." Yeah, yeah, and and <laughs> I think there's a moment where Tasha turns to Riker and is like, "Do they even want to live through this? Like, yeah. why aren't they even trying?" The the one thing that kind of breaks down here is that. Uh, the way it's cut for the commercial break is they kind of build up this tension that they're going to beam everybody over. They engage the transporter. What beams over is a bunch of barrels. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then there's like kind of a bunch of back and forth. 
between the transporter room and the bridge and it's like and then it just suddenly all resets like they they just do the same four things again they're like they didn't beam over the first time what are they idiots and they finally get four out of the six people that were on board this ship so two of the people they beam up uh will will come to know as t john and romas (laughs) and uh and they're they're like the disheveled uh three-day beard growth uh kind of ratty clothed one of them is uh has got like seersucker overalls on like they're real like like romas is the cletus of the group (laughs) yeah most definitely and uh tijan uh folks uh will will recognize as the guy that played captain kirk's son in the wrath of khan right uh and and the third star trek movie and the sixth star trek movie oh yeah uh, and, uh, of course the other two are, um, oh shit, I lost their names. The other two are Sobi and Langor. <laughs> and, uh, I think it's Langor who is the, uh, who is Khan's, uh, kind of right hand man in the Wrath of Khan. So yeah. it's a little, uh, little Judson reunion. Scott. Yeah. You know, the story with him that I, uh, read when I was doing the research for this episode is that, uh, that, that actor, the guy who played Khan's number one. Uh, yeah. On the Reliant, so that Khan uh, will abend. Yeah, <laughs> you so, remember that scene yes. when Khan says, "I shall abend you." <laughs> <laughs> he he has a ton of lines. You remember, like he is yeah. he is one of the main characters of that movie. Totally. Do you know he goes uncredited? No, really. Yeah, his agent totally fucked him. So his wow. agent his agent was negotiating with Paramount and was like, "Look, this Judson Scott guy is like stealing the show here." I think we got to move him up the uh, up the actor cloud to maybe even above the title, you know, in a, in a place of prominence. Yeah. And Picard's like, get... And uh, and Paramount's like, get fucked. We're not even <laughs> going to give him a credit at all. What? <laughs> and that's what happened. That seems so illegal. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. That is some gangsterific Hollywood shit. <laughs> yeah, and I think it wasn't long after that that they're... Uh, that there became an actor's union. This is becoming a speech. You're the captain, sir. You're entitled. Hmm. I'm entitled to ramble on about something everyone knows. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before, and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name, and not a giant social media company's name, with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24x7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it. With Squarespace.
A good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Anyways, all four of these idiots are really <laughs> freaked out about this barrel that uh, that they sacrificed two of the other people on the ship to, to beam up. And uh, they're all really relieved to find out that it's in the uh, the hold of the Enterprise. Uh, but like no sooner uh, are they up there than they start fighting over who owner who owns it because I guess the other cargo on board this freighter that didn't get beamed up was uh, supposedly the payment for the uh, this barrel which um, so we come to understand that the clean uh, s- glossy people are Breckians and the shitty disheveled guys are Ormarans. Sure. Narins or Narins. It's hard to read that because it's like an R and an N right next to each other. Right. Ornarin. Ornarins. <laughs> when you are when you were of that planet, you were ornery. <laughs> hey, thanks, Dad. <laughs> Boo. So, uh, so the story is this: uh, the thing inside the barrels is Felicium, which uh, which has nothing to do with the show Felicity, which I was disappointed <laughs> to find out. Oh, Dad, you're back. <laughs> oh, I love Carrie Russell. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, and and uh, the story is that it's a a medicine. So the Ornara, everybody on Ornara has this plague, and the only way they keep it at bay is Felicium. It's not a cure, but it manages the sickness, uh, so they can kind of live live with a chronic illness and take this pill once every three days. But the uh, the two Ornarans that we have here to deal with are already looking real shitty, and and uh, it starts to become a concern, like the. The captain is worried they might have brought their stupid plague on board, and the doctor starts looking in it, into it. And you know, like the their ownership dispute over the medicine goes from the wardroom to the to the sick bay. It's like it's just like these guys will not shut up about uh, about who owns this stuff. It's as simple as this: the goods were never delivered; they were destroyed with your ship. Hence, the deal was incomplete. Hence, possession of the Felicium remains ours. We need it. Yeah, and it becomes it becomes clear that after some uh, investigation by the doctor that maybe, in fact, they aren't suffering from a disease and that maybe this Felicium has something to do with their illness. Yeah, So, and, and she discovers this when the Breckens, like, consent to giving a, a dose to the two guys that are there. Uh, and, and, you know, like, they, they're symptoms go away immediately and the doctor's like these dudes were were fucking withdrawing they are not like yeah the way they shoot that scene too is totally like a heroin addict getting their works out and setting it up and like they shoot each other yeah it's like it's like the the space rig yeah yeah which i thought was super well done like there's been plenty of science fictions that have had some some drug that everybody takes and gotten creative with how they administer it this is like the only example I can think of that seemed actually cool and sci-fi and not just like a dumb prop department jag. Yeah, it sort of made me want to try some, right? Mm-hmm. That shit looks dope. Yeah. I mean, if we're trying to kick our crack habits, you could do a lot worse than uh, than just trading that addiction for Felicium addiction. <laughs> so they are feeling great after shooting up, and, uh, and this does not go unnoticed by Beverly who starts to connect the dots. Yeah, and she's got a real like got a real moral crusade going uh, at this point because it is the 80s and drugs are bad and And also this uh, is something she can fix. She's like, "Well, look, if this is just an addiction, we can synthesize something without any of the side effects, wean an entire planet off of this and all of a sudden everything's cool again." Right, but uh, Captain Picard is quick to remind her that their place is not to cure societies of what ails them, and that would in fact be a prime directive violation of a pretty significant amount, because they're coming to understand that the relationship to the between these two planets is that Ormara is where all of the industry in the system takes place. They They make everything that both the Ormarans and the Breckians uh, need to live. And the Breckians make one thing, they make Felicium. And the entire economy of their planet is based on exporting Felicium to Ormara. So so the Breckians are, are like, yo, like this was like a year's worth of economic output for our planet. We can't just give it to the Ormarans. And the Ormarans are like, you are dooming us to death because they do not understand that they are all just addicted to this substance. Yeah, it's been going on for 200 years, so it's really all they know. Yeah. 
as the uh, bridge crew are sort of putting this all together, there's a really fucking obnoxious scene where Wesley turns to Data and he's like, Data, why do people do drugs? <laughs> and, uh, and Tasha, being the coolest person on the bridge, is, is yeah, like... Yeah, the cool aunt. She uh, she turns a chair around and uh, and sits in it backwards like, like the cool <laughs> yeah. guidance counselor. Yeah. <laughs> but it's artificial. It doesn't feel artificial until the drug wears off. Then you pay the price. Before you know it, you're taking the drug not to feel good, but to keep from feeling bad. And that's the trap. All you care about is getting your next dosage. Nothing else matters. I guess I just don't understand. She stops just short of saying, and then you're chasing the dragon for the rest of your damn life, Wesley. And she like, she scratches the inside of one of her arms. Like, I think, I think the subtext here is that she knows of which she speaks. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she, do, she knows of what she speaks, but she doesn't resort to cracking an egg and then scrambling it to, sure. to or, make uh, her point. smashing a frying pan across her kitchen, <laughs> unzipping her onesie and revealing a dare shirt underneath. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, seriously it is so heavy-handed that it's basically a turn to camera like yeah it's it's a good two-minute treatise on the danger of drugs kind of a bummer yeah and and it, it it is really the the turd blossom on what would otherwise be like not a terrible episode sure like it really like that scene just like reaches its it's like crappy didactic tendrils out into the rest of the episode and really brings it down a notch from where it would have been. It was a totally interesting and compelling story without that scene and made its point without the, the, uh, you know, beating us over the head with our own hypodermic needle moment. I think, uh, I think many episodes ago I was bitching about how the show tended to bring up, uh, difficult social issues, but not necessarily resolve them. Or mm-hmm. or take a or take a side, I think this was an example of the show trying to go all the way and taking a <laughs> side, and it just really didn't work. Yeah, they they didn't have any experience with doing that. Yeah. Uh, so they, uh, yeah, they like outsourced that scene to the writers of like uh, you know different strokes or something. Yeah. <laughs> The Enterprise arrives at Ornara, and uh, Picard and uh, and the Doctor walk in to talk to Sobi and Langor, and they're like, "Like, we uh, we really think you should give this uh, this medicine to to them." And they're like, "Oh yeah, we're definitely going to." And Picard is like, "Oh, you guys know what's going on. You are like interplanetary rubber band men." And this is uh, this is like this is a scheme. Like they have these people addicted, and they've got the they've got the good life. Like all they have to do is cultivate this one crop and and make this one drug, and they don't have to do anything else. They don't need to lift a finger. Everything else is taken care of for them. But uh, but uh, what they don't count on is that Ornara's space fleet it consists of three ships, one of which just dis- was destroyed. The other two are totally broken down. So the uh, the captain and a rather deft uh, 
maneuver within the confines of the prime directive says, okay, you guys can take this one shipment of Felicium down to your planet and organize like how, how, how payment is going to work, but we're not going to give you the, the parts that you are asking for to fix your other two ships because that in fact would be the prime directive violation. And, uh, if your ships break down, you'll have to figure out how to fix them. And what he knows is that the entire planet will suffer greatly going through withdrawals that could be avoided if the doctor just synthesized whatever her like uh, her methadone equivalent would be. But uh, yeah, Picard found a, a neat little little loophole there. Yeah, well, he's doing he's doing them to some suffering, but not death, like they thought. Right. I don't think. Picard is against doling out a little bit of suffering if yeah. he can help it. When I think the Arnarans like beam off the ship under the impression that they are going to their certain dooms. Right. Right. Kind of a dark ending. Yeah. Uh and I think by saying that like not a lot of fun as next gen episodes go. No, it definitely held my interest. Uh, you know, I I I I keenly felt the the conflict and stuff but uh didn't didn't have a cathartic ending, you know. Like, and I think that that's an interesting thing that sh- the show is able to do, right? Like yeah. if 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 it's a prime directive issue, sometimes catharsis isn't available to them. Right. I think that's the lesson. That's one of the lessons of the prime directive is that uh the uh the victories associated with that are often pyrrhic, right? Totally. My love is a I think one of the cool scenes in this uh, episode that we didn't talk about was uh, the fact that T. John and, and Cletus can shoot electricity <laughs> out of their hands, or at least at least T. John is the only one that can demonstrate that power, right? No, the Breckians do it too. There's like a, a whole fight scene at the beginning with uh, right, right in the uh, in the cargo bay. <laughs> there's a great uh, there's a great yar line when she goes, "Gentlemen, behave yourselves." <laughs> And then also cops to the idea that they can't take away their weapons when their weapons are are their hands that shoot electricity. Yeah, there's definitely a like a a little a little scene where she and Riker discuss the fact that this is an interesting security uh, conundrum that uh these guys are essentially uh electric eels. Yeah. Um yeah, and two Which episodes in a row, time. Riker gets uh, ensnared in some sort of electrical field. Uh, in the last yeah. episode, he gets encased in that in that uh, clear shield that Echo Papa six of seven shoots at him. <laughs> and then uh, this time around, uh, T. John uh, gets him in the in the iron claw, the electrical claw, and uh, and holds him hostage. Yeah. It's just this man will die if uh, if you don't give me my drugs and. Picard's like, nah, you're not going to kill him. You're not a killer. So, uh, so Frakes, listen, you remember that last episode where you just stood really still and you had that scared look on your face? We need exactly the same thing this time around. <laughs> Can you do it? Yeah. <laughs> Frakes is like, Frakes. God, am I going to have to do this every episode? Yeah. Is this why you guys hired me? <laughs> yeah, he really sells it, though. Good job. Good job, Frakes. Good job, Jay um, Frakes. Uh, did you uh, did you come across a potential drunk Shimoda for this episode as you were watching? Incredible. 
Drunk Shimoda. I didn't really write one down. I mean, I guess if if I could get as abstract as this, I would say that stupid scene with Wesley in the after school special moment. Right. Was my drunk Shimoda. It was really pulling the isolinear chips right out of the warp core of this episode. <laughs> oh, man. Well put. Yeah, if we could possibly call an entire scene a drunk Shimoda, that would be it. How about you? God, I, I mean, I had something else written down, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think I could do better than that, really. Like, that was, that was really brutal to watch. Like, and yeah. it, was, it was innocent Wesley Crusher asking two adult authority figures what drugs are about, and the authority figures basically saying, just say no. Yeah. Kind of brutal. I mean, and and really, not to not to skip around too much in the in the story of the next generation, but I mean, it does turn out Wesley becomes addicted to a drug down the road. Does he, or is he like he's the only one? I thought he was the only one that be, that goes unscathed by that drug. Oh man, you're right. I can't remember. I do can't you remember think it has to do with the speech he got from Tasha Yar? Then is that why he's able to uh, to resist yeah. so long? We'll have to revisit this episode on that episode yeah whatever episode that is i really think that, do that's a the one with ashley judd right oh yeah sure yeah. is he's trying to be cool for his date with ashley judd by squeezing one off thinking about old old tasha yar <laughs> <laughs> oh is that what he's doing <laughs> then he remembers that that piece of sage wisdom that she transmitted to him right before she bought the farm god lock the door to your quarters wes <laughs> if if you can yeah no kidding Well, uh, what do we have coming up for our next episode? Our next episode is Skin of Evil. A rescue mission turns to tragedy when one of the Enterprise officers is killed by an evil alien. Doesn't get more evil than Armus, does it? No, Armus is the evilest. He's He's like the root of all evil. I think, you know, much like uh symbiosis is an episode about the evil of drugs skin of evil is an episode about the evil of the oil companies and corporations <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were gonna say it was about the evil of skin oh no no could be <laughs> but yeah they they make the uh they make the bad guy in this episode basically an oil slick yeah yeah they went down to the uh the little bray tar pits to shoot the uh exteriors for this one yeah uh, I, I remember this one really well this one is seared in every Next Generation fan's memory because, spoiler alert, it's the one where Yar dies. And it's also the one where uh, Riker takes a takes an oil bath and you see his face coated in black oil. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not how you want to go out, I think. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I don't even want to read about the reception to this episode yeah. because... Fuck those uh, haters. Because I'm I'm super jazzed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we will see you very soon on our next episode of The Greatest Generation. Uh, if you ever want to reach out to either of us, you can find us on the Twitter. I'm at Cut for Time, and he is at Benjamin AHR. And uh, use the hashtag Greatest Gen if you're tweeting about the show. Uh, I always love to see all of those jokes that people are making and spotting things that we missed in episodes and stuff. Uh, it's always it's a, it's a, it's fun. Yeah, fun totally. Yeah, if you feel like it, leave us a leave us a nice review on iTunes. If you don't feel like it, don't do it. 
Yeah. If you feel like leaving us a bad review, uh, maybe take a walk instead. Yeah, maybe fall down into uh, an oil slick. Maybe suck a lemon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do that. Uh, our music is by Dark Materia. Uh, we love Dark Materia. We love this song, the Picard song, specifically. Uh, it bangs. Yeah. That shit knock. <laughs> All right. Uh, and that, I think, will about do it for this episode. Ben, good pot. Good pot, Adam. All I've right. been Ben Harrison. I've been Adam Pranica. We'll see you next time. Captain.